Hello, and welcome to episode 175 of The Modern Manager. I'm your host, Mamie Canfor-Stewart. A warm welcome to Bob Van B and Beth T to The Modern Manager community. I love hearing how members are enjoying and appreciating the content. And I got an email recently from a member, John, and I wanted to share it with you. He writes, and I quote, I love, love, love your content. It's practical, simple, and easy to implement. I'm very grateful I found your website. To learn more about what John is so excited about, check out the benefits of membership by visiting themodernmanager.com slash join. Now, today's guest is Bianca Lager. Bianca is a business manager, consultant, and public speaker whose specialties include organizational development, career growth, and online reputation management. Bianca is also the president of Social Intelligence, a consumer reporting agency focused on online risk for human resources. Bianca and I talk about social media and work, what is appropriate behavior and what's not for both managers and employees, how social media goes with hiring, and a whole lot more about social media. Now here's the conversation. You're listening to The Modern Manager, a podcast dedicated to helping you be a rock star boss with a thriving team. Whether you're looking to upgrade your meetings, cultivate your team, or grow as a leader, this podcast is for you. Now here's your host, Mamie Canfer-Stewart. Thank you so much for joining me today, Bianca. This is going to be a brand new topic for the show. I've never before talked about social media specifically, or I should say the reason I specifically was excited about having you is because I feel like this is something that is becoming more and more complicated for managers to navigate as social media rises and as tensions rise across the country and everything is becoming divisive and figuring out how to like be your whole self at work and also like not be the person who's like censoring your teammates. Like, there's just so much here we can get into. So um, thank you so much. Yeah, absolutely. I'm so excited to to speak with you guys. And just from the manager's perspective myself of running teams, I I very much resonate with a lot of the things that your podcast listeners do. So I'm excited to be here. All right. So let's just start with some basics. Like what is it that managers should be thinking about? Or is there just like a general approach to how managers should be thinking about social media in the workplace? Yeah. So First and foremost, I mean, I I talk about this so much, but, you know, I think that most folks from as employees, as job candidates out there in the world, when you're thinking about getting a new job or whether, you know, you're reviewing candidates, you know, the, the question and really social intelligence was created on the premise of should my boss be looking at my social media, right? And when I tell people what I do, they take a deep breath. They also tell me to talk to their kids, but that's another topic. Um, <laughs> but a lot of times it is, you know, it, it, well, five years ago when I first started, it was, it was really more of a, oh my gosh, you know, is that kind of creepy is social media for employment purposes? But really we started the business 11 years ago to, to really create the concept that, well, look, folks are doing it anyway. So you're probably out there and let me guess, you've Googled people on your team, on uh, job candidates, on anybody that's maybe going to be new to the team, or maybe that's been around for a while. And you're like, well, let me see more about this person. We can't help it. Right. I mean, there's, there's, there's our keyboard or at our fingertips all day long. It seems very accessible. It's public information. There's no Facebook police hovering over you. 
So it's doable. And I think for as managers, for us to ask ourselves that question, like ethically, legally, and really just productively, like a productive use of your time, it's not the best idea to do yourself. So I always try to give the perspective of, you know, restrain yourself. But the, the the idea of should my boss be looking at my social media, I think is a real issue in the workplace and, and the place where probably we can be the most effective if we support formalized and, and sort of uh, making sure that if we're going to be looking at this data, we do it the right way. So I completely agree. This is like a very messy kind of topic. Yeah. And I can almost understand when you're researching a job candidate and you're trying to assess this person and decide, are they going to come in and be additive to our team and to our organization that you want to do a lot of data gathering? It also feels like a really different thing to like spot check, right? Like three months later or a year later, you're just like, oh, I wonder what that person's posting on social media. And I'm going to go like spy on them outside of work, right? Like that feels different. Do, Do those things seem different to you or do you have different guidance for how managers should think about those two different times that you might look at a colleague's social media? Well, I think your intentions are different, right? Like I, I think that the, for the manager's perspective, it's, it's different, you know, but here's the problem that's exactly the same in both scenarios is that what you were actually accomplishing. I mean, the reason you want to do it is, is there's likely familiar reasons in both scenarios. Trust, right? Can I trust this person? Are they going to be a culture fit? Are they going to fit in, you know, whatever else? potentially three months down the road, maybe there's something that prompted you to sort of second guess that trust. But the issue really becomes is that when you actually do it, what you are doing, what you accomplish is you build a narrative or build on a narrative about that person that may or may not be accurate and certainly is potentially not related to any business activity or, you know, work activity, work productiveness that you need to concentrate on, certainly your own, right? I mean, who doesn't scroll through and just kind of get lost in vacation photos? So there's that. But the productiveness of it really does also come down to the problem of that narrative and that bias. You can pull up somebody's Facebook and very quickly see what church they go to, a disability status, which as a seven month pregnant woman, I am keen to right now, but, but, you know, you're, you're either way you're, you're ascertaining information that at best is none of your business. And at worst is a violation of their protected class info. Now, all that being said, your original intention, that is still a very real thing. I need to know what risk or what trust I might be able to have in this person. And social media can be very powerful. So that's kind of where social intelligence comes in. But that's sort of the that's really where the dichotomy lies, I guess, for managers. Yeah. I mean, I hadn't really thought about the dimension of getting information that might bias you in a way. I guess I was thinking more along the lines of I want to know if this person is saying things online that are that I would deem to be, you know, inappropriate or is creating a, a culture that would be negative inside of our company. But right. maybe maybe you're saying that like that judgment can't really be made or maybe I shouldn't even be exploring that. Like if the person's not presenting that self in our interview process, I shouldn't be digging around for it outside. 
Well, I think most of my clients and most of the time when I hear what I talk to professionals, that's what the juice is, right? Like, is there some reason that this person might be create problems, be disruptive? But the issue is really in what you said is to say, that's going to be offensive to me or that I, I feel isn't appropriate. Well, we vary as individuals and humans of what the definition of that means. And there are some universal things that we can all agree on racism, violence, you know, when it comes to safety stuff, bullying and harassment things. But even within those categories, there's so many nuances. Hate speech. Let's talk about hate speech, for example. So what social intelligence, especially within the last two years, has come into a, a problem that we've really kind of had to face and a challenge we've thought about a lot is, are we the hate speech police? right? What, what is hate speech? How do we define that really well for our clients and make sure that it is something that is consistent and actionable? And that's where these feelings of inappropriateness or offensiveness, or mm, just kind of my sense that I don't get along with this person. That's really where, where the problem is. Are you being consistent? And are, you know, have you documented this and, and are you able to take action on it that is legally defensible? Right. And even actually outside of legally defensible is even productive for your own team. Like, are you just kind of discounting people that shouldn't even be discounted? Or are you even trying to support a narrative of how great this person is with your own biases? Right. So so we had to, you know, as the hate speech example, we had to actually go back and redefine not just, you know, we'd always kind of fall back on these legal definitions, but what we had to do is we had to do more. So we actually created something called the social intelligence database, uh, social intelligence intolerance database, excuse me. And what that is comprised of is essentially examples and definitions and sources from credible sources, mostly US based, but certainly we take a global perspective. We're looking at organizations in the US like the CIA, the FBI, Anti-Defamation League, Southern Poverty Law Center, places who their entire job or at least part of their you know efforts is to define what these things are. They need them for court cases, criminal, you know, whatever it is. And, you know, they spend a lot of time and effort doing that. So we take their sources, their definitions, which is public on their websites and, and stuff that you can ascertain yourself. And we've put this all together so that if there is something we find on someone's social media that is potentially intolerant, uh, maybe they've followed a hate group on Facebook, and this is the way it plays out, right? Some of these hate groups that uh, are identified as hate groups, they have very innocuous names. It's like, I don't know, like Women for America or something. You know, it sounds fine, but what the intention behind the actual group and, and the content even that they're posting is actually offensive or intolerant nature, bullying, whatever it is. And it's been defined by one of these organizations as a hate group. But, you know, in our database, there's like 389 hate groups. There's you know, I, I, hundreds of slurs, hundreds of symbols and images that are so associated with those things. If you're a manager and you're just kind of, kind of like doing the old scroll through someone's accounts, you there's no way you can keep track of that. There's no way you can document that. There's no way you can define that well. And that is problematic because when you actually need to take action and when you actually need to do something, I think most managers can appreciate, especially in a scenario of like firing somebody, there's a lot more that goes into it and even denying somebody employment. So having those credible sources, having that consistency, having that legally defensible position is, is only going to strengthen that 
meeting that need for for risk. And then, you know, to kind of go into a new topic there. Sure, there's Facebook, but people write, you know, build great content on all corners of the Internet. Right. There is, you know, it's just not enough for you to do the old scroll through LinkedIn and Facebook. That's nowhere near what covers where folks are posting some stuff like this. So it's 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 really too much to take on as a manager. So other than well, first of all, I I appreciate this idea that like even if we're looking, you know, and trying to say like I'm just looking for the bad stuff, the things that are gonna I'm gonna weed somebody out, that we can't even really do a good job of that because it's way more complicated than we'd like to admit, probably. Yeah. But I am wondering now if people are posting other things like they're posting about their side business that they're running and you're like, "Mm," like, is that okay? It's kind of like what data is relevant, right? What is business related and what can I make actions on? So for social intelligence, we take a total 10,000 foot view, right? We try to be as universally risk you know, define what risk is as possible. Things, again, that are like universally accepted violence, you know, sexually explicit stuff. But we do have clients all the time that even as an organization, even as an industry, have these sort of senses of topics that, you know, from your example of like, well, you know, I'm starting a little side business. Are they like stealing my clients? Are they, you know, are they, you know, what are they doing that's sort of distracted from the work? But they can be very broad too, as in terms of like gambling in sports, right? Or like just just kind of these wider range topics that apply as a whole. So I think a couple things. I think that if, if you are going to spend your time hunting, you know, as a manager for that type of information, I mean, maybe you'll find something. You, I, I mean, I, I don't know. You know, it's, 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 it's hard for, for me to really kind of say, well, don't ever do it. You know, it's because look, it's at your fingertips all day long. And like, if, if there is something that uh, you have a hunch on, you're going to do it probably. I'm just sort of, it's probably a waste of your time. I think is really my point, you know? Yeah. But like, let's assume for a second that someone brings it to my attention, right? Maybe yeah, a couple members right. of my team are friends. And so they follow each other on Instagram. And one of them says like, Hey, you know, did you know that, you know, Jenny over there started a side business and is like promoting it on her Instagram page. Like, check it out. Not in a way of like, I'm telling on her, but in a way of like, this is super cool. Did you know about this? And now I'm like, oh, wait, one, should I even look? Is that okay? Or two, if I do and I get concerns, you know, maybe they're posting about some volunteer stuff that they're doing that makes me nervous or their side business or, you know, anything like, you know, what do I do with that? Yeah. You know, and and so if you are in a formal sort of corporate structure, it's easier because you take that to HR, right? You, you don't uh, touch it. If you are an entrepreneur, if you are running a small business such as myself, if you are, you know, in a smaller scenario where like you are it, right? Like you are the person that's going to make this call. Then I think that the the best thing to think about is what are you what are you going to do? And it's it's all dynamic and, and situational, right? But you, what you need to be mindful of is that there is a narrative that you are going to create or enhance there one way or the other. So you are taking and and be you know cognizant of the bias that essentially you're entering into there to say you know hey look you know I, I might be 
looking at a lot more information, more by enough more than I could chew here. And then at the end of the day, I mean, you're essentially what you're trying to accomplish there is a risk assessment, right? For, for your own self. So it really depends, right? Like if, if, if that is an actual threat, perhaps it matters. I guess my instinct here is to say it probably isn't going to matter. So don't waste your time. You know, it, it, it might not, but if there is something dangerous, then that's a different story, you know? Well, so let's talk about that for a second. So assuming that most people's side gigs, most people's hobbies, most people's, you know, out of office social media posts are not of concern. But let's say that there is something that, you know, it's, uh, you know, something that is of political nature or somehow otherwise a little sketchy. Or maybe they're saying things about your own company that don't put your company in such a good light. You know, what do you do with those kinds of things? Well, and, you know, I think in the same scenario, right, it's like it's like what kind of action do I have the ability to take here? So for the side gig example, it's like, what are you going to do? Talk to this person, tell them you know their side gig and don't do their side. You know, I mean, like, what is the outcome that's going to be productive? Something you want to keep an eye on? I don't know. In terms of like the danger risky scenario. So, you know, the upside to having a, a very formalized process with social media screening is that it it works out the same as criminal background checks. There's the same rules, the same legal standards apply. So you have the ability to take action based specifically on that report and can start what's called the pre-adverse action process to actually say, hey, you know, we're going to terminate your employment or we aren't going to move forward with the offer, whatever it is, based on the information that we saw. So it makes things very simple because you, first of all, don't need to go do that look yourself, but also it actually, it creates that action for you. It creates that documentation. It creates all of that workflow and that process for you without having to maybe have these uncomfortable conversations or maybe have more to deal with. Now, if you're in the scenario where you are just kind of DIYing it, I mean, this is what folks are running into all the time is that they're like, okay, well now what, you know, like how, how do I even, what do I even do? You have pulled up their social media. So if you talk to them about it, well, you have just admitted essentially that you have looked at, again, potentially what church they go to, you know, their their other type of protected class information. You know, I'm very much love the idea and many of our clients experience this. What they apply is what we kind of call teachable moments, right? So let's say you do a formalized background screen and somebody makes some sort of off-color joke and we flag that as intolerant. And usually maybe someone in HR or DE&I leaders or, or the manager themselves kind of says, hey, you know, did you know you could be offending people with this, right? And, and let's take it down and, and everything's still fine here, but we just kind of need to suss this out. So what that all comes down to is, is, is policy, right? So if you're running a small team, if you're in a corporate situation, my, uh, you know, my advice is to consider and think about what are we doing with social media policy? Have we outlined exactly what is not good and what isn't? So in terms of, you know, are you going to put the side gig stuff in there, right? Like it's, it, it matters and you potentially could, depending on your industry, if you're like in a finance industry and you have to make sure people are representing your products and only selling your products correctly, no side gigs might be a very viable way for you to you know, defend that effort. But certainly I think more universally, most folks think about like, hey, espousing a violence and intolerance, the basic code of conduct stuff and just applying it in a social media sort of context 
it's really the first place to start in terms of just kind of documenting like what is okay, what are the ground rules and laying out those expectations for your folks so that they know, you know, and, and then you can take action later and say, well, you know, hey, per our, uh, per the policy, you know, this is, this is the problem here. So to that end, do you think that it's better for companies to have one policy that applies to everyone? Or do you think it, it changes with the visibility of your role or the authority of your role so that you might end up with stricter policies for certain positions and less strict policies for others? I think if you want to overthink it like that, or if you want to get nitty gritty, that is an option. But I think for most companies, and certainly our experience with both very small businesses and very, very large global businesses, the the more universal and more consistent, the broader, the better. And that's true for a lot of policies that you have, right? Handbooks and employee handbooks and whatnot, right? It's it's this isn't about oh well, these are the rules for you, but not you. It all that can get into like very messy discrimination issues, you know, depending on levels of pay, depending on minority groups, depending on just disparate impact in general, you could create a scenario where that looks very bad, not only looks very bad, but actually has outcomes that affect certain groups in specific ways that are unfair. So I think that your best bet is to approach it in a, in a most universal way as possible. But here's, here's the catch, right? Like you can sort of add open language. I've seen you know, the lawyers do this is add open language in there that sort of says conduct unbecoming. Ah, right. And so that's that's a wide <laughs> for that can fit into kind of that, you know, more role specific thing that you're thinking about. All right. I want to shift gears for a second and yeah. talk about what do you do when you see a team member using social media during the work day. And this could be like you're walking by their desk and you, you know, glance and you see that they have Facebook pulled up. Or maybe you do follow them because like that's part of your team culture is that, you know, you're all on social media together and you notice that they're posting a picture of them at the beach at two o'clock on a Wednesday. Yeah. I mean, my advice in general, I think with any kind of management scenario and that, and especially when it comes to feedback is to take a beat. You know, I, social media in general gives us this urgency, gives us a sense that like we have to react, we have to do something, we have to, you know, make something of it. But you don't right there in the moment, right? I think that the best thing to do is take a pause, document it, understand when, where, what's happening. And on your next one-on-one, on your next time, when you know, you are having that conversation and feedback, it's part of that conversation is to say, you know, it'll give you time to really think about what is impactful about that. If it matters, if it's just something simply that you can ignore or should ignore, or if it's something that is actually affecting their productivity or is affecting your trust relationship with them or whatever it is. And that's when, you know, we have to put our manager hats on and have that conversation in the appropriate setting and under the same parameters that you would for any other kind of productivity issue. I mean, cause that's what it comes down to, right? Like, it's just like, okay, I thought you were working and you're not. <laughs> so it's really the same. And as any kind of, you know, if you saw them sort of, I don't know, doing anything where they're, they're playing, you know, a game at their desk or something, it's, it's the same kind of concept. Well, and I can imagine that this is particularly challenging with 
scheduling apps where I know you can like pre-post stuff to go out at a certain time. So, and it may be that they're like not actually at the beach. They're just taking a break at home and they're like, oh yeah, I could post that picture from last weekend now. So it, it's, there is definitely something to like being on social media during work hours. And, you know, I'm sure that's not particularly a healthy thing to be doing in general, but we know that a lot of people do it as part of a way to take a break from, from work, even though it doesn't actually give your brain the benefits of taking a break. It feels like a break. And I guess, yeah, if it doesn't affect their productivity, that's fine. But it's also hard to know, right, to what extent are they just taking a break versus totally eluding work. Um, so focusing on productivity makes a lot more sense. For sure. And I mean, at the end of the day, you can drive yourself crazy and be the police their lives like that. That's not going to feel good to them. That's not going to feel good to you. And that's not really going to be a good use of anyone's time. So looking at their holistic life as a whole on as their job and, and what they're doing for most of us, especially with remote work of the last year and everything else. Yeah. Our lives have in, and bringing our whole lives to work. We're not hiding our children in the corner anymore, right? Like we're not hiding the fact that we go to the beach, you know, sometimes like, so the openness with it, I think is very healthy. And if you have that relationship where like, let's say you're following your employee on social media, I think you have to understand that those are, they're going to be levels of of information that you're going to be exposed to if you're constantly in search of how they're getting the best of you, well, you're going to find it. And and yeah, you're going to find the conflict if it's there. But if you otherwise have good employees that are showing up, doing their tasks at hand, then don't sweat it. You know, I mean, it's just not something to sweat. All right. So last question here before we wrap up, which is, you know, part of being a great place to work is creating a place where everybody feels connected to each other and feels good about working with their colleagues. And I can imagine a time where there are people who feel like if we're all on social media together and we follow each other, that's really good. Like, that's a good sign. And I could also imagine it being like, that's way too intrusive. And kind of related to that, it feels like if someone you know, on my team is taking offense to something another team member has posted. And now I'm trying to navigate this, you know, person A is offended by something person B posted on social media. What is my role in in navigating that kind of situation? I mean, so it really depends on the structure of your company, right? There's definitely very real, uh, that's sort of why HR exists, right? As sort of the mediators of, of some of these conversations and some of this stuff. And there's so many different scenarios, right? I mean, we could really kind of imagine ourselves in different scenarios all day long. But, you know, as in any other workplace, let's say, you know, consider it the same as if there's a, a an in-person bullying incident happening at lunch between team members, right? And And that's really what I think folks are facing. And Someone said at a conference to me once, it happened in the workplace and translated online or it started online and, and uh, moved into the workplace. And that's really what you're facing here now is that that like these offline, you know, or these online conversations that are offline from work are affecting work relationships. So in the same way of like the water cooler conversations might affect it, it's the same concept of how you need to handle it, you know, depending again on the dynamics in the team, you know, maybe it is you have a conversation with that other person's manager, or you get some sort of, you know, mediator above all, you're, you know, at your guys's boss, it really depends. But I think that 
the way to think about it conceptually is that it's not wildly different from something that you would handle if you, you know, just right, right there in person. So it's the same kind of people management, emotional intelligence, and really protocol, you know, sometimes of, of depending on where you are of how to go about that stuff. I really like this idea that if people are not feeling comfortable working together because of something that one person posted online and that you can't just like bury it and say like, well, that's not a work-related thing. You actually have to address it because it it's coming from outside, but it's coming into the workplace. And, you know, always bringing people together to have a conversation is generally the, the right next yeah. step and see what you can work out and, you know, and then escalating it to HR if you need to, if it becomes problematic, but always giving people the opportunity to work things out. You know, even if it is a digital thing, even if it wasn't originally targeted at that person, um, right? Anything that we can do to help our colleagues get clarity on their own behavior and their own interactions and have those strong relationships of trust makes a lot of sense. Yeah. I mean, it's very real to them, right? It's just as real as if someone stood up and shouted it from their cubicle. So to dismiss that or to kind of put blinders on and say, here, no, speak, no, it's on social media. It doesn't matter. That's not going to work very well for the person who feels offended or affected by by that post. All right. So it is time to wrap up. I promise that was our last question. So, <laughs> so juicy. That's so much to talk about. <laughs> I know. I know. All right, Bianca, tell us about a great manager that you worked for and what made this person so fantastic. Yes. The very best person is one of very early. I mean, I was I was in early college days and I worked for a bank at well at Wells Fargo. I was a teller and the manager of the branch, I mean, is still today somebody that I look back towards as a definitely mentor figure, but someone who was just a really great manager, right? And so, and I've had a lot of bad ones. And so in thinking about the difference, I think her perspective and her approach was a very human one. She treated each of us as individuals. She was interested in our lives personally and our whole selves coming to work. There was a lot of turmoil in my life at that time. And I made a lot of mistakes at work, actually, a lot uh, to, to the point where I look back and I'm like, geez, but she always had the emotional intelligence, had the communication skills and had the ability to get to the heart of what was going on, to understand, to listen. And I think in general, really just created a, a copacetic environment because everyone didn't feel like they had to hide themselves at work. Everyone did feel like you could come in and, you know, hey, if you're having an off day, we all understand kind of a thing. Awesome. Yeah. And where can people learn more about you and keep up with your work? Yeah. So certainly the social Intel blog is something I always shout out to and say, like, if you are curious about formalized social media screening, or you just kind of want to know about more social media trends as a whole and as it grows in, in the workplace and, you know, all of that, we have really juicy stuff on there. And then please do find me on LinkedIn. I'm actually a, a LinkedIn learning author. I have some courses on how to stand out remotely, how to manage remotely. And I'm going to have some, uh, a course come out later this year or early next year about on social media for working professionals. So please do follow me there, message me, connect with me. I'd love to talk with you. 
Well, thank you so much for sharing all of these really rich topics with us today. This was uh, lots of learning here. Awesome. Thank you, Mary. I really appreciate it. Thank you, everyone, for listening to me. As a guest bonus for members of The Modern Manager, Bianca has provided a sample social media policy to help you craft a social media policy for your team. To get the guest bonus and many more guest bonuses, episode guides, and other resources to help you be a rockstar manager, become a member by visiting themodernmanager.com join. And if you work for a government or nonprofit agency, you get 20% off of any membership level. All the links are in the show notes and they can be delivered to your inbox when you subscribe to my newsletter. Find that at themodernmanager.com. Thanks again for listening. Until next time. Meetings are one of the most critical components of healthy collaboration, and teams are at the heart of how we work. Meteor helps you use your time in meetings productively, build healthy relationships with your colleagues, and move work forward. To learn how we do it, visit meteor.com. That's M-E-E-T. EOR.com. You've been listening to The Modern Manager. You're already becoming a rock star boss of a thriving team, I can tell. To ensure you never miss an episode, subscribe to the show in your favorite podcast player and join the mailing list at mamieks.com slash podcast. That's M-A-M-I-E-K-S dot com slash podcast to get show notes and other special content delivered directly to your inbox. Thank you so much for listening. Until next time.